What's going on guys, in today's show we got a great episode for you. We're still talking about what's going on in this country involving the protest and race with a little update. We're going to talk about Dalvin Cook holding out potentially, UFC, this past UFC fight, and some final thoughts. So let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is June the 10th. We are back yet again. As always, I am your host Nate. I've got my co-host Michael on the mic. Not a whole lot to talk about, but there are some things that we can talk about today. Um, we are going to start. A ton. Huh? Not a ton, I said, but I just want to bring out there. I went to two restaurants this past weekend, and it was a blast. Dude, so that actually a brings blast. us to a good point. I haven't going out, but I think the world just decided Corona is over. Like, I mean, I, I went out. I went it's out gone. this weekend, but I feel like we just like as a society are just like, fuck it, it's over. We're done. <laughs> it's, like, it's almost like I know we've learned more about it. Maybe it's not quite as bad as we thought, although it's still killing people. Um, yeah. But it's almost like as a country, we just collectively like, we're like, you know what? We're tired of this. Let's stop this. <laughs> Dude, I went to uh, brewing. It was really kayak brewing because they don't, because of Corona, their new policies, and they don't allow canoes, which is kind of stupid because that river was the most chaotic I've ever seen it. There, I think it was because everybody was in kayaks, but it looked so crowded. Every place you stopped had a ton of people. We did a decent job of staying in our group and like spreading out a little bit, but like the place was chaotic as hell. Like <laughs> that's when I decided, yeah, this is over. I went to a restaurant, dying to get out. Yeah, and I was like, this is over. I'm still trying to do my best. I'll wear I wear my mask in like public spaces, like the store and stuff, because I'm more concerned not so much for myself but like having it and passing it on to some, like, I don't want to be that dude that passed it on to somebody no, no. who ends up dying. Um, exactly. And me, I wouldn't know. Uh, that's really more where my, my guilt comes from. I'm like, I don't care as much personally. I'm a young, healthy 27 year old who doesn't have any pre-existing conditions. So I'm okay. I'll weather it. But I, I do, I do worry for the other individuals that it might affect. But yeah, I feel like we just decided it was over, which I guess means we're, I was a hundred percent wrong on what, how sports will probably handle this. Cause it, I would assume everybody's just going to truck on right now with the way it's going. <laughs> Seems that way. I know that's, I don't know if it's the best idea, but I mean, selfishly, I'm very happy about it. Yeah. We'll see. I know cases are rising like Texas and Arizona right now. I saw something, so we'll see how it works. Um, sports. We have, we are going to talk a little sports here today, um, but we thought we'd retouch in a conversation we started last week uh, with race in the United States, the protests going on, I think it's important not just to talk about it once, but to continually maybe touch on it when things come up. And one aspect I wanted to, to kind of bring up and a point I wanted to bring up with this, uh, because last week I went in a little bit on college coaches and how too many of them seem to have been silent, not standing up for their players. I wasn't particularly agitated because all these coaches go into families' living rooms every year. And they tell these parents of young black men that they're going to take care of them like they were their own sons. And it's to my eyes, it was a failure for these coaches not to be coming out. Now there have been tons of coaches who have come out, still not as many as I like to see. Um, but I thought it was commendable what Mark Stoops did down in Kentucky, which is huge because let's face it, Kentucky isn't exactly the most accepting state of all races and creeds. Um, and that was a big moment down at the University of Kentucky. Uh, Jim Hardball was out uh, during a protest. Gus Malzahn helped lead um, his students out into a protest. 
which I think is, brings me to a larger point of you don't necessarily have to, we said, you know, you shouldn't be silent on these issues and you should speak out, but you don't necessarily as a, a college coach, I think it's in, I'm trying to pick this carefully. I think it's great if you take a backseat on the protests as far as not speaking at them, but still being visible and showing up to show your support, which I think is important. And then I do think it's important for you to eventually speak on these issues because let's face it, college coaches especially hold a high position of power in a lot of these states. They are gods in a lot of these states. Nick Saban is a god in Alabama. Jim Hardball is a large figure in Michigan. Dabo Sweeney, who has not been having good weeks involving this. He did come out with a video. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. He is a god down at Clemson and in that state. Like these, these people. surprises me about Dabo. Huh? I don't, I don't like Dabo very much, but Dabo speaks his mind, so I'm very surprised and disappointed in Dabo. Super disappointed. I'm not as much surprised, I think, because I think of it like, and this is bad, which will get me to a second point that I was going to make. But Dabo's a guy who grew up in Alabama, played at Alabama, has been in the South his entire life. I'm not super surprised he might not be the wokest on these issues, if we want to use that word. But I am surprised to the fact that he has – it took him so long to speak out. That is what I'll say. Because you are right. This is a man who does not usually mince words. He considers himself an extremely religious man um, and wants to – he constantly claims how he wants to treat everybody the same, even though he doesn't want players to get paid. Um <laughs> We have not made our feelings shy about Dabo in this show. I don't think either one of them, as you just said, you don't like him. I, it's not that I don't like him maybe as a human. Yeah, he just rubs me the wrong way. Um, <laughs> but uh, I thought that was important. I thought it was important just to bring that up, that there are coaches speaking out, and that is important, and to show that you, your support. It doesn't necessarily have to be vocal, but it should be either vocal, visible, combination of the two is a start. Um, the one point I wanted to bring up, I don't know if you saw this. Did you see Steve Cold Austin on Twitter? WWE's sort of in the sporting world. Oh, he went off on someone. Yes. I mean, he's been going off on quite a few people. <laughs> going off. And this was another reminder of my bias um, in an area where I do not do well in. I, and I know this about myself and I try to be better about it, but this is the idea that nobody's perfect. Everybody has, issues they're dealing with here i do generally tend to stereotype people on political associations and what that might mean for right. them right. which is not a good thing yeah and i'm trying to be better at it steve cold austin did not strike me as a guy initially who would be an ally in this arena he and that is my fault Steve Cold Austin is an awesome human, is awesome. The more I learned about him. Let me, just, let me stop you there for a second. Stone Cold Steve Austin. I know. Steve I, Cold Austin. Dude, <laughs> it's so bad. I am terrible with names. We all know this. <laughs> just so everyone knows who you're talking about. I know. This is, oh, man. Which the is Texas a shame. Rattlesnake. The Texas Rattlesnake, who growing up, funny enough, for whatever reason in my household, I was not really allowed to watch the WWE. I still watched it. He was one of my favorite. When that music crack came on and you hear the glass shattering, <laughs> a young Nate was losing his mind down in the basement, but quietly because I didn't want to alert my mother to me watching it, even though for whatever reason I was allowed to dial up UFC pay-per-views. But God forbid I watched the WWE. Um, but he is going off on fools. 
especially around the Confederate flag. He had a post this weekend. I mean, my God. (laughs) So being careful of my stereotypes, but it brings me back to a point that I wanted to be crystal clear on because it was a point I made last week. And I think I need to be more concise about people not hating, or nobody's asking you to hate your whiteness, but to be a supporter and ally. There is a part of your whiteness in your heritage that you should absolutely hate and not commend. And that is involving the Confederacy. This is going to piss probably a lot of people off. It's probably not a great, but honestly, those people I'm pissing off, you need to reevaluate your life decisions. If you are looking at this, the Confederacy, as he stated too, is a symbol of oppression. It was formed over individuals who enslaved other human beings and treated them worse than they treated animals to still be fighting for that image, to still be fighting for these statues we put up, to be still fighting for the flag. That is actually something you should hate. You should hate that part of white heritage. It is unacceptable in today's, it was unacceptable then. It's always been unacceptable in my opinion, but I wanted to be clear. There are parts of whiteness that we, you should hate and reject. And if you're not, that is a big problem. Those were kind of the points I had um, and the thoughts that I had on these issues. Um, it'll be an evolving conversation, but I just kind of wanted to revisit it. Oh, and the other point, I'm sorry, people. I jump all over the place. I got to do a better little behind the scenes. We don't really plan a script. We have a general work frame of what we're going to do for this show. And then we just kind of go for it. So I jump around a little bit. I'm going to jump around on this point right now. Um, I went down to the, the March in Cincinnati this weekend. For those who don't think you're making a difference, it, I've been to marches in the past. It was, and you've been to marches, and maybe you can agree to this or attest to this down in Richmond. It struck me how there were thousands of people there from every walk of life, every race, every gender. I'm assuming every, most religions just based on, you know, the quality or the quantity of people that were there. It struck me there was rich, poor. I mean, everybody seemed to be there. Obviously not everybody was there because there are people who stand in direct opposition of this movement, but it, it did strike me the breadth of the moment we have and to sort of not let up the pressure. And it was, it was very cool to see the kind of bandwidth of the support and who all showed up. Yeah, we have the same thing in Richmond. It, it, the, the diversity of everyone that shows up is awesome. It's so cool to see. Yeah. And awesome to be a part of. Awesome to be a part of. Awesome to be part of that movement. It's continued conversations. It's continuing to show up to these events. It's working. We're seeing change start in Minneapolis. We're starting to see change take effect and conversations happen across the country, across the world, to be honest. I mean, there are riots and protests happening across the world. There are statues that are coming down across the world around this issue. So it is making an absolute difference and to keep it up. But we do want to talk about some sports here today. I don't want to have the whole show go to that because it is still a sports show. I think it's important to talk about sports. We have some big news. Dalvin Cook has decided that he does not, it's not, I should rephrase that. It's not like we're breaking this. This is already broken. We do not have this news. There are news in the NFL. Dalvin Cook does not want to play for the Vikings right now or participate in any team activities unless he gets paid fair value, which according to Adam Schefter, I think I saw $13 million a year. Thoughts? 
I mean, I don't blame Dalvin Cook for wanting this. Um, I understand why he wants it because he can just look around the league and see what's happened to other people in his that play his position. However, Dalvin, you need like how I always end. You need to show that you can stay healthy, and he has not. Um, and you just kind of have to look around the league. I'll just name you some names here: Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Melvin Gordon. Um, pretty much everyone besides, well, we'll see what happens with Christian McCaffrey, but there have been a lot of examples where people get paid as running backs and the teams end up, you know, getting bit in the ass. Um, one exception, maybe we'll see how it all works out. Might be Zeke, might be Christian McCaffrey, but you look at, like I just named, you know, David Johnson was a stud and immediately when he got paid, he went down with injury. Dalvin Cook is a stud. He is super talented, but he already has shown he can't stay healthy. So I don't see Minnesota, you know, doing this. However, if they were to do it, they should do it now because he is only 24. Kind of go the Christian McCaffrey route, but uh, Dalvin Cook's not Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> no. Here's what I will say, though. The Vikings are a different football team without Dalvin Cook, and that has oh. shown. This is a team that relies heavily, and he is a great player, but you hit it right on the head. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. He wants money, which I don't blame him. Hell, try to get your money. But this is a problem all running backs are going to face. It is a position that has been devalued in today's NFL, which I think we've talked at pretty good length of how I actually think that is a mistake in some sense. I think because when you get to the playoffs, it becomes crucial, and we saw it with Tennessee and other teams. The running back role still has a good deal of value when you look at the top tier teams. But the problem is exactly as you said, we see these running backs get paid and there is a drop off because it is a position that churns and burns more than most. The body takes a beating. His body has taken a beating. He's constantly injured, which is unfortunate, but when he is on the field, he is a game changer. He's a difference maker for the Vikings. I don't know. I was thinking about this, and I have some thoughts about how running backs in the future should handle this. I don't know if I'm the Vikings if I pay him, even though I know definitively that we are a better team. I'm, I keep going back and forth. Would you, I guess, pay him? Or would you say, screw it, we're not paying him and move on here soon because his contract's going to be up here very soon? Me personally, I would not pay him just because like you had said, a lot of those, you know, when we see in the playoffs, you know, we see sometimes we'll see running backs completely take over. However, a lot of times they're not those really high paid running backs. Um, Like just for example, last year, I'm mixing my years up or two years ago when, I mean, the Rams went to the Super Bowl, they didn't win, but Todd Gurley didn't do anything. they, they, They practically benched him. And Todd Gurley, that's another name you can throw out there that who got paid and unfortunately, you know, the, the mileage caught up, the injuries got to him. I mean, Todd Gurley is 26 years old. And he, I mean, I hope he can resurrect his career a little bit, but a lot of people are just putting a fork in him and saying that, you know, he's done. Um, I mean, Lev, Lev Bell's 28. And then I think, what's his name? Melvin Gordon's 27. It's just a position where you get beat up, you get hit. Whether you get the ball, if you're not getting the ball, you're generally blocking. You get hit every single play. So I would not sign him just because just 
there's just so many factors within that I, I just I, I couldn't do it. Yes. Yeah, so here's so I initially agreed with that point. And I, if I'm in the Viking shoes, 13 million, he wants a Dave and Johnson type of deal. He wants like 13 million a year, 14 million a year is what I, I've seen. The Vikings are in a bit of a pickle. And the reason why is when you look at this roster, there is not a whole lot of offensive power. Don't get me wrong. Adam Thielen is a good, great wide receiver, if you want to say in the NFL. But is he going to be your number one guy? Like, is he the guy? Is that what you're betting on? Because I don't think you're going to win a lot of football games if he's your only offense. But Kyle Rudolph, good tight end. Justin Jefferson, we'll see how he plays. That's it on all. You have Kirk Cousins at quarterback. There's not the talent around him. Yeah, who needs a lot of talent around him. And their backfield isn't that deep outside of Dalvin Cook. There isn't a whole lot of talent on that side of the ball that makes me think you can compete. And the Minnesota Vikings are in a weird stage here because yeah. the NFL windows close super quick. I think the Vikings window is probably closed, but Mike Zimmer's a great coach. They obviously want to be competing. If you scrap Dalvin Cook, there's a good chance you will hit. The probabilities are you'll probably hit on a running back that is good enough. But the Vikings, I don't know if they can rely on hitting good enough because their wide receiving core is questionable. Because, like we said, Adam Thielen is an extremely good wide receiver. But can he be that true number one? Because, let's be honest, it helped to have Diggs on that team. And we don't know what Justin Jefferson is. <laughs> so, it is like defense can only get you so far, and that's the focus of the Vikings but they're in a problem of like, there just isn't a lot of talent offensively. And if you scrap Dalvin cook and you roll the dice on trying to get another running back, if it hits, okay, I don't know if that's going to be enough to help the Vikings get to where they want to go. So in my mind, it won't, I would, if negotiations are going to start, I would be looking for short term, higher money or which we'll get to how I think running back should start in the future make it extremely incentive-based, which I don't know if he'll go for because he may want guaranteed money because that is what running backs generally want. But it's a tough pickle the Vikings are in, I think. I don't think it's as clear-cut because they aren't in a position where they're completely rebuilding, but they're also not a team that we would, I don't think, unless you differ on this, would put in the, yeah, they're they're a Super Bowl contender. They're sort of on that fringe of not a rebuild, very competitive, good football team, but if they want to go all in, they need pieces on offense, and not having Dalvin Cook is a detriment. But there's the health issue. It's tough. It's, it's really tough. Um, I mean, I, you do make good points. Like, if, if Cook doesn't play one down, they're in big trouble. Yeah. But then you also have to look at it. Like, I, I know he's made good money. Um, I mean, I think he, like, his contract's like $6 million total, which is great. I mean, but that's kind of nothing in the NFL. Can he actually hold out and make no money? Yeah. Can you, can you call his bluff? Because if I were the Vikings, I'm probably going to try to call the bluff. That is a good point as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what he's done personally from like a savings perspective, right. spending. Yeah, who knows? If he's put away his money and is like, screw it, I can hold out right now, which will also yeah. give my body a good chance to recover and rejuvenate. 
I mean, hell, that is that is the play, though. I mean, that's the play that I would assume they're going to go to um, because the that's – Like, say he doesn't play and he does hold out. Who's going to give Dalvin Cook $13 million? I don't think any teams are. I don't know if any teams will. It's, it's t- I, he's a stud, and when he's healthy, he is a beast. Probably top five running back, maybe. Yeah. You know, there's just a good running back. But, I mean, he is a stud when he is healthy, but – if you only have one year of real health, it's it, it's hard. It is hard. Yeah, he's constantly hurt. It's but, it, I mean, unless I'm forgetting like a major injury, it's normally like a couple weeks here and there. Like hamstrings, I know have been a big issue for him. Am I missing yeah. some major injury? I think in college he tore his knee up. He did in college. I'm trying. Sorry, I should say just. I'm trying to think of just NFL because um, he did do that in college. Um, I don't think so. It it is tough. Totally yeah, the value of the running back has been decreased. I don't know the money he'd get on the free agency market, but he is definitely a top five running back, I think. I was just doing it in my head. <laughs> he is absolutely – like, when he's on the field, he is a game changer. Like, you have to account for him on every play because if you don't, uh, he will destroy you. Um, he tore his ACL, too. He did? Oh, okay. Yeah. I knew I was missing something. I, like, in the back of my head, I was like, there's something out there. I just can't remember. Um, yeah, but, I mean, people do come back from ACLs nowadays. Oh, yeah. It's not as devastating as it once was. Yeah. Uh, AP came back, like, in, what, six months or whatever, and just <laughs> – yeah, he's, yeah. he's also a robot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Terminator in the NFL. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's tough for him, which I think going forward – running backs and their agents are going to have to rethink their rookie contracts. And here's a thought I'm going to run by you. And I think going forward, rookie, rookie running backs should really think about this. If I'm a rookie running back in the NFL, I think you have to negotiate steep incentive deals and maybe less guaranteed money. And I get wanting the guaranteed money, but we keep seeing running backs get screwed because first of all, the NFL guaranteed money is nowhere close to other sports. Second of all, your value has already decreased. I think running backs are going to have to become more comfortable because they are crucial to the game, but you can get them at really cheap value to building in high incentive bonuses to try to make up some of this money, especially in the rookie deals or their second deal and kind of bet on yourself because I think that's the only way they're going to truly make money. And in the owner's mind, if they don't pan out, then you're not losing much because there's a little guaranteed and most of the contract is incentive. But if they do pan out and they're playing super well, yeah, you're paying them a lot of money, but you're getting your value in that moment. And I think it is, maybe I'm missing something, but I think that's the only way running backs are going to solve this conundrum of having to hold out towards the back end of their rookie deals because their lifespan is way shorter, but their value is also diminished. Yeah. I don't hate that. Um, I mean, I, I, cause yeah, I don't see it changing. I can just see it continue to happen. Um, by the way, I'm shocked. Nick Chubb is like 24. I think he's younger than that. I think he could be the next one to do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, it doesn't seem like it's going to change. Um, so yeah, I don't hate that idea. I mean, it, it's a better way to bet on yourself. And, and like you said, if it works out, the team's not going to be mad because it worked out. It doesn't work out. Well, it sucks for the guy who bet on himself, but the teams just you know can wipe their hands and let them go. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a <laughs> it's a risky proposition, absolutely, especially yeah. the injury part. But it's the only way I see this conundrum because these deals. I mean, there's the Christian McCaffrey deal. Obviously, that was a great deal. I think on both ends. I think the Zeke deal was also 
pretty a pretty good deal for Dallas in the long run. Um, but you just see it like most of these guys aren't going to get paid. So you're because if you're not doing that, what you're betting is you're going to be a difference maker in a way that maybe two or three other guys in the league are because otherwise then you're not getting paid. <laughs> like that's just the nature of it. Like you were, you're betting one way or another on yourself. Cause if, if you're going to not take a high incentive deal and you're going to do this path, you are betting by the time you get to the back end of your rookie contract that you are not only a top guy, but you are a significant game changer to get paid. So one way or another, you're betting on yourself. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I think I would want it on the back end and then you can keep betting on yourself and it's a better, I don't know if it's going to work out as well, but for all the guys across the board, but I think maybe for, maybe for the, maybe not for the lower guys, you might want more guaranteed money in that deal. But I think for the guys that are getting drafted higher, maybe, or maybe not reverse that. Cause if you're getting drafted higher, your guarantee is going to be more. I think the guys that are getting drafted lower might want to try to bet more on themselves and make it really steep on the incentive side. But yeah, they're in a conundrum. I don't know what you do with that. It's crazy. This position's crazy though. Like I'm looking at all the running backs and their ages. Basically the only active, really active running backs in their thirties is Mark Ingram, Adrian Peterson, and um, Frank Gore. That's it. That's it. I mean, I mean Rex Burkhead's 30, but I mean, no, whatever. But, like, the only real active running – there's only really three truly very active running backs that are in their 30s right now in the NFL. That's insane. Yeah. Got to get your money early. <laughs> yeah, got to get it early. One way or the other, and something's got to change. Otherwise, they're not going to. But, yeah, God, that is – I mean, Frank Gore, talk about a dude who just, I mean, has lasted an insane – He's 37, AP's 35, or he's turning 35. And I mean, Mark Ingram's 31, but that's like it. And Mark, Mark Ingram, Mark, Mark Ingram had the benefit of, of having a two back system in, down in the saints when Alvin Kamara showed up. So, you know, that's a little less. Mark Jackson taking half the carries anyway. That's also true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God. What was some, I saw something dumb on Lamar Jackson the other day. I don't remember. Huh? some terrible take like disrespecting oh, him even though he's dude. amazing yeah he's insane i want to say it was like the way somebody put out like if if you drafted today and like didn't have him very high which is unreal at this point um <laughs> didn't vote him as an all pro what <laughs> bill polian didn't vote him as an all pro yeah well season. that's because bill polian just keeps doubling down on the he's worst bitter take. yeah he's worst bitter. take in history i mean there might also be something else there who knows but yeah, yeah. I, it, he just keeps doubling down on the worst take ever in the history of football, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Bill Polian. What a character. Bill All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, you mentioned Gurley. Gurley passed his physical. So we're, we're going to get some Gurley in Atlanta <laughs> this year. I, hope he I like Todd Gurley. I hope, I hope he comes back and this is an absolute animal. I have my doubts, but let's hope it all works out. Dude, well. I feel he's a guy kind of like Robert Griffin III, who I feel just so bad. Derek Rose in basketball, another great example, where it is you see the just brilliance we were denied in ability on the football field, basketball court, due to just terrible knees. And that yep. sucks. Because Todd yeah. Gurley, when he was when he I mean, God, when he's healthy oh and God, have bad knees. Yeah. Oh God. I mean a beast. Yeah. It it sucks when you get deprived of that. Yeah, it does. 
<laughs> um, couple quick notes. Did you end up seeing the UFC this weekend? I just saw the one knockout. <laughs> That's all what? I needed to see. I just saw one knockout. That's all I needed to see. Oh my yep. god! I didn't. Uh, what, do you know which one you saw? Uh, I got crazy colored hair. Oh yeah, Sean O'Malley. Or O'Malley. Yeah, Sean O'Malley. Yeah, he dude. Oh, he's, he's a monster. Really knockout. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I had obligations, so I didn't end up buying it. So I was following it on Twitter. Couple thoughts. One, Sean O'Malley going to be a monster in the band of weight. Absolutely insane. Uh, is already a monster, but has a high ceiling. Cody Garbrandt, that knockout. You should go look that up at the buzzer. Talk about a buzzer beater. Just that dude has some insane power. And I like Cody Garbrandt because up until he only, he's only had three losses in his career, but two of those came to the cheater of TJ Dillashaw, which in the worst way, taking performance enhancing drugs in a sport that like that can legitimately, I mean, it can mess you up in football. Like you could, you could hurt somebody, but this is a different piece. Like that is his two year banishment was right. And absolutely ridiculous. And I, I feel bad because Cody Garbrandt's career was taking off and he ran into him in a great first fight, not so great second fight. Um, so to see that get derailed because of that, I really like that he came back, had an awesome knockout. That's one to look up if you didn't see it. And Amanda Nunes, I mean, what else can we oh, say? She's, she's, a cat- yeah, she's a category five hurricane. Like, there, <laughs> dominates in every fashion. Wind, water, every way. Like, she yeah. is – she's one of the best fighters of all time. Definitely in the women's division. But just her skill and pure domination is – insane i can't believe it <laughs> yeah, so those yeah, were- i've seen her fight a few times she just absolutely destroys it absolutely destroys nightmare. her opponent oh yeah. my god yes. <laughs> absolutely nightmare. i don't know i don't know how you psych yourself up to get in the cage with her but like god bless those women who are i like, don't know how she lost four times i dude that yeah <laughs> no idea oh man she is an absolute freak um god bless her the yeah. uh did you see the announcement though of fight island I did not go on. I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed. It's in Abu Dhabi. This place barely qualifies an island. It is an island. But it's it's an island in the sense that it's in a landmass, but it's been created an island through a small river system. And I was like, oh, come on. That's not as great. Um, But it's in Abu Dhabi. We got four fights, two in July and two in August, I believe. Stipe is fighting Cormier again. Usman's going to fight Burns. I didn't look at the other two, which also Burns against Woodley was. I mean, that dude absolutely tore apart Woodley. Um, but, yeah, it's – I was I was, I was, was really hoping in my mind it was going to be in, the, like, the middle of the ocean, just this giant fucking island, and it isn't that way. Tor- with tiki torches all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, but it is, I mean, it's technically an island. It's in Abu Dhabi. They're going to zone it off. So it's only for fighters and staff, hotels, training facilities, the whole workup. But do you think this will be uh, Cormier's last fight? Yeah. uh, Yeah, because I I like him on the call. I I do too. Oh, he's phenomenal. He'll be on the call forever, especially as Joe starts to phase out a little bit more because Joe's got some issues with ESPN. I think Joe's always going to be there, but Joe's more selective with which cards he does and doesn't do. Um, so to have Cormier is a great, great alternative. Um, totally. I agree. I love Cormier. Um, so I wish, I. Yeah. I w- I've always said I really want Jones to jump up the weight class, but with Jones's contract disputes going on right now and money involving UFC, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. If he'll ever jump weight, 
never mind fight Cormier, but I agree. I think, I think this is probably it in, unless he loses and it, it leaves him with such a bitter taste. And even then I think it's gonna have to be a really bitter taste. I think this will probably be the last we see of him. Such a beast, such an awesome career. Oh yeah. I mean, and just an awesome human being, like awesome guy. I don't know who roots against him, to be honest. Like I know that John Jones fanboys root against him, but like deep down, we all know that they still love him because Cormier is awesome. (laughs) He's such a good guy. Yeah. Um, that's all I really got. You got anything else before we wrap this up? That's that's about all I got as well. I got oh that's right. I got one last thing. Um this is more of a shout out to the part of my take boys in Big Cat who influenced me heavily to start this show and in kind of the way we do this. I have honestly had to stop listening most of the time because I don't want to copy kind of what they're doing. I know. <laughs> Which is sad. I try to listen like on the weekends after we do it. Like I'll go back and listen to how they did their Monday show or whatever show. Um, I chalk it up to like bands get influenced by other bands. Their podcast influenced me heavily in this arena. But what Big Cat has done is phenomenal. This guy fired up his Xbox and is playing a career mode in NCAA 14. The moment that got me, this happened a couple weekends ago, but it reminded me because he hit 100,000 views, I think it was, on Twitch when he played in the National Championship of Tennessee. But this shit made me laugh. It was, <laughs> he tweeted out the final score, Tennessee 35, Georgia 30. This was on May 26th. And the Georgia football official Twitter account tweeted back, guess we'll just settle this for, or I guess we'll just settle for our win in 2019 and showed a gif of, a Georgia player lighting up the quarterback. This shit ain't real. He's playing a video game because we have nothing going on. It has captured the world. The official Twitter for Georgia is talking shit about a virtual game. It's phenomenal. I mean, yeah, you got to chalk it up. schools are very sensitive. Oh, my God. The most sensitive. But it is. It's just I was taken back. I was like, holy shit, we are living in a dystopia because there's nothing going on. <laughs> the official Twitter account is tweeting at a podcaster about a virtual video game in which he just beat Georgia. And they're tweeting about real-life football. Two points he doesn't even care about. Yeah, it's, uh, it was just – it was too perfect. I couldn't believe it. But, I mean, props to him. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, – it's great. It's, it's hilarious that they cornered that market. I just thought that was funny, a little sports thing. We're getting sports back slowly but surely, but it cannot come soon enough. Because we've essentially eliminated coronavirus, though, future note for the show we will be getting back into our conference breakdown which was a success last year um because the nfl i don't see any reason why we're going to have a delay in the start of that season so we will start to bring that to you where we break down each conference in pretty good detail it was a big hit last year we'll do it again this year uh so that's something to look forward to uh but that'll do it for us this week and as always peace